bucks. Never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's the Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan, along with our guy Nathan Marzion. You can follow Nathan on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. You can follow me at Sparky Radio as we broadcast live on the Odyssey Sports uh, YouTube page. Yet again, doing post-game podcasts after the Bucks Take care of the Miami Heat, 122 to 114. Uh, and <clears throat> lots to get to. We'll quickly go over a couple of the, the stat lines from tonight. Damian Lillard, 7 of 14, 25 points, 5 boards, 4 assists, 33 points for Giannis, 12 of 21, 7 boards, couple assists. Off the bench, 16 and 8 for Bobby Portis campaign uh, with 11, 3 of 4. Uh, from deep there. Uh, a couple contributors off the bench as well. Eight from Connaughton and eight from Jay Crowder as the Bucks get the win. You know, the Heat make that late run uh, there at the in the fourth quarter. Interesting to me that I don't think they really were, I shouldn't say they weren't trying, but interesting that Jimmy Butler never came back in the game. They make that run. They get to within six. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, out of a timeout, they're going to bring Jimmy Butler back in here to try and win this thing. And that did not happen. They they continued to go with what they had out there uh, and let Butler and I believe Kyle Lowry, I don't think he came back in either. Uh, both those guys ended up sitting on the bench and watching that run. Were you surprised that they didn't bring in either veteran there uh, in the last couple minutes of the game, Nathan? No, because I think it's one of those cases where, you know, you're down so much to start that quarter. You kind of just start like, okay, we're going to rest the starter, arrest most of the starters outside of basically hero for the rest of the game. And, um, you kind of make that decision. And then when they come back, you're, you're kind of like, okay, these are the guys that brought you back. We're just going to leave them in. We're not going to switch things out all of a sudden. I think it's just one of those situations where you just let the guys that got you back into the game, play it out. And, you know, I, I don't think you kind of know, like Jimmy's not going to have a problem with that. Kyle Lowry's not going to have a problem with that. Like they get it. They're fine. And so, yeah, I don't, I wasn't surprised. Like I did not at any point really expect those guys to come back in. And I just was like, they're, they're just going to play it out with these guys. And they got hot, you know, they made it, they made it close. They scored 41 in that fourth quarter, but um, ultimately, I mean, the Bucks had built a big enough lead to, to keep them away and um, did enough offensively down the stretch to, to close it out. I said in the last podcast, last post game podcast uh, that I did, uh, which was, I, I like this new Bucks defense. Um, and I have not changed my opinion uh, about this new Bucks defense. I just, I really like it. I, I like doubling guys, constantly bringing guys from different positions to double the ball handler, to get deflections, to block shots from behind. Content had another block from behind tonight. That type of stuff I'm enjoying watching versus, versus what we had before with Bud, which was more or less I'll let them run their offense uh, and try, try and keep them away from the rim with Brooke. Uh, and now it's a lot more pressure. Uh, and I said in the last podcast, I think turnovers, forced turnovers by the Bucks this year will be significantly more than what it was last year. Uh, and I think you're seeing that. I mean, they're getting in passing lanes. They're getting deflections. They're getting turnovers. They're forcing these guys into shots that they don't want to take passes in the uh, passes that they, they don't want to take either or make at that point. Uh, and I, I think this pays off long term, especially as these guys build chemistry uh, and get to know each other a little bit better. This defense should just get better, Nathan. Yeah. And it, there's going to be some times where, you know, being that aggressive, taking those extra risks, it does, it's going to break down. And we saw that especially a lot in the last game where they get easy buckets. There's going to be, and, and that's just something you're so not used to seeing with the bucks. Cause they, again, they play it so safe of, we're not going to allow easy buckets. We're not going to let you get into the paint. We're going to make you shoot everything from outside. And even if it's working, we're going to just let you keep doing that. And so to see breakdowns like that is, is weird because you're just not used to seeing a guy wide open in the paint, get a dunk. But Again, when you look at it 
in the long run and in like something like a playoff series, yes, I like that trade-off. I like that they're more willing to adjust. We saw in the first game, you know, Embiid started to hit some threes on Brook and immediately Giannis went on him and that kind of changed the game a little bit. Giannis forced a couple turnovers and offensive foul and all that. And that's just something they never would have done with Bud. It would have just been like, okay, no, stick with your matchups, stick with what we're doing. We're gonna it's gonna work out in the long run, blah, blah, blah. So I definitely agree. And it's going to be a mixed bag of results, you know, especially at the start of the season. Like there's going to be games where teams get hot and, and, and beat us. There's going to be games where, you know, again, they might break down a little bit too often, as we saw on Sunday and, and the defense really struggles. But I just think once they get it nailed down, once they really get more time together, it's it's definitely going to be a good thing. And it's going to be something that I think works better for them in the long run. And or I should say in the playoffs when you do need to make those on the fly adjustments. You do need to be more aggressive sometimes. You do need to to just make some make some changes as the game goes along. So I like that they seem to be a little bit more versatile defensively and not just sticking to the exact same stuff. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Now again, it's early, right? They've only played like three games. Uh, but your thoughts on Brook Lopez's role with inside this new defense? Because you know that was a big question mark. How how, how is he going to adjust? Because that drop defense that they were playing with Brooke really kind of put him into that forefront of possible defensive player of the year, year to year, but really took advantage of and played to his strengths as a defender more than anything else. What do you make of Brooke so far? I think he's been fine. I think he's still doing his thing around the rim. He's still been contesting shots pretty well when they do get around there and when he's in position to, um, you know, and, and there, again, there might be, Definitely more games where where he he struggles a bit or might not be able to play quite as much because again it, because you're changing up your defense you're throwing different looks out there you're playing more aggressive you're not just playing that set defense that he kind of thrives in um, and again that's okay you know that's okay if they have to go to some different lineups he was a minus ten tonight which plus minus isn't the end of the world but um, was one of the guys that you know they, they did struggle a little bit more when he was on the court but. Again, it's cool. I mean, it's it's not it's I, I think it's just one of those things where you're gonna it's gonna be more matchup based a little bit and yeah, but I, I've still been happy with what I've seen from him. I haven't had too many complaints. If you're watching live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel, feel free to leave comments. We can read those comments uh during uh this live streaming on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page after Bucks games again. If you missed the first Bucks podcast, post podcast that we did, uh, we'll do money more of these uh, throughout the season, more than we did last year for certain. Uh, so just keep uh, your eyes peeled to Nathan Marzian's Twitter account and Nathan Marzian or mine at Sparky Radio. And uh, during games, we'll announce uh, if we're doing this after the game with a link to the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. So you can check it out. Of course, like, subscribe, follow, all that fun stuff they tell you to do. You can download the Green and Growing podcast on your Odyssey app or download your favorite podcast at. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Damian Lillard. Now, if I have a beef uh, early on, uh, I really want them to get Lillard going more offensively. Uh, in games than they have been again today. We, we go into what was it halfway through the first quarter before he got finally gets up that first shot, which was a three, which he made, which was great. I would just like to see him get going more early. Now, maybe this is by design because Giannis checks out early. So maybe the thing is, okay, we're going to get max use out of Giannis in the first few minutes of the game before he checks out. Then once Giannis goes out, then we'll get Lillard going once Giannis is out of the game. So maybe this is by design. Um, it's just kind of annoying to me because I want to see more Lillard early on than I'm seeing so far. Yeah, and I was watching the game with my dad, and he's he was complaining about that a lot too. He was saying the same thing, like, get it to Lillard. Why isn't Lillard touching the ball more? I, I do agree. Like, overall, I definitely want to see more stuff run through him. I want to see him as the pick-and-roll ball handler more. Yes. However, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like people just... 
I have it in their minds that like Dame needs to be touching the ball all the time, and and, and he should be touching it a lot. But I thought in the beginning of that game, there were like two possessions where I was like, okay, Giannis took a jumper that probably shouldn't have been. Uh, that's that's probably a bad possession. It should have been you know maybe go to Dame's hands. But other than that. I was kind of happy with their offense at the beginning of this game, even though Dame didn't touch the ball much. And I was like, that you know, there's gonna be moments where, even with Giannis, this happens. We're like, you know, even when when we didn't have Dame and and, and Giannis is out there, like, there's moments, there's stretches where it's like, other guys just kind of heat up, and and maybe Giannis doesn't touch the ball as much for that three minute stretch. But like, that's okay as long as it's still working. And at the very beginning of the game, the offense was fine. They hit a couple threes. They, um, Giannis was you know, uh, get into the paint, had a couple, couple baskets early. I think he had like 10 quick points. So I was like that. I wasn't going to complain about too much. Cause I'm like, even though he's not touching the ball, the offense looks okay. It's when the offense is struggling and stagnant. And then he's still not touching the ball that it's like, okay, like, what are we doing here? But that didn't happen much tonight. Kind of at the end, maybe it happened a little bit where you could have gotten the ball a couple more times there. Um, you know, down this, down the stretch with a couple, two, three minutes left and the game getting kind of close. There were a couple of possessions where he kind of, and it wasn't, I don't know if it was like a, it wasn't really the, the like play design fault. It was Dame kind of got the ball, gave it to Malik Beasley and went over to the corner. I don't know if that was just, I don't know what that was, but um, like, I don't know if I should be blaming Griff for that. I don't know if I should be blaming Dame for that. Um, but there were a couple of times, but overall I, I, I was okay with it. And I think they're going to continue to work him in more and more and more. And, the main thing I would say from my end is I want to just see them, as the season goes along, really start to spam that pick and roll with Giannis because it works so well. It's it's so unfair. Like it just you get Giannis the ball in the middle, and all of a sudden you've got like a three on two with Giannis, someone on the wing, someone maybe in that dunker spot, and then two basically two defenders because they had to trap Dame. And even if it's not Giannis doing that, it, like someone else, it seems like every time Dame is used as a pick and roll ball handler, he's getting it to the middle and there's just a three on two and you have such an advantage. I want to see them do that more and more and more as the season goes along and as they get more comfortable and all that. Cause it just, it's so lethal and I don't want to see it be like this, you know, they pull it out of their, their bag three to five times a game. No, I want to see this like the main part of their offense. You know, it's interesting. I saw you on Twitter going back and forth with people about the fact uh, that they really aren't running it all that much uh, at this point. And maybe they're not running it because they're figuring everybody's game planning to try and stop it. Now, does anybody have a true answer for it? I don't really know if they do or not, because as you pointed out, we haven't really seen it enough, but that might be kind of what's going on where it's kind of like, okay, we know we have it if we need it. What'll be fun to see is if, and when we get into these close game situations against, uh, I don't know, a golden state or the Lakers or Denver or somebody like that. And it's down the last couple of minutes It's basket for basket. Do they then pull it out and go, okay, we need baskets. We're going to go run this now. Uh, will they get use it at that point or how long are they going to hold on to this and not really run it? Because when this deal went down, everybody and their mama said, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. That's all it's going to be. And there's no way they're going to stop it or anybody's going to stop it. And for the most part, what we've seen instead is Griffin Pract uh, preaching ball movement, swing the ball, move the ball and saying the same thing in timeout. So when it was getting stagnant and they weren't moving the ball, me personally, I love that. I'm all about Hoosiers move the ball. If you've ever seen the movie pass, pass, pass all about it. So I'm fine doing it that way, but I feel your pain on not seeing enough pick and roll to this point. 
Yeah, and the pick and roll leads to ball movement. Like that's the thing is is you're gonna get the ball to the middle, and then Giannis is gonna have a decision of you know if they do happen to to leave him open a little bit, okay, he's gonna score and great. If he doesn't, okay, then you're kicking it out to the wing, and then if they close out on him and they have to overhelp to recover that way, okay, then you kick it maybe back to Dame or you kick it over to the corner or something. Like it creates more ball movement by just having that initial action of screen roll. They they come out on Dame and they have to pick him up at thirty feet and and trap him or blitz him and he gets it into the middle, that just creates everything. Like that all of a sudden puts you at an advantage. And that's what I want to see them, again, rely on more, especially as the year goes on. And and as you said, they might have they might have just started the season and said, hey, we know we have that. That is going to work. Like we have the Damianis pick and roll. Everyone knows we have that. Everyone knows we can go to that anytime we want. Let's, at the beginning of the season, work on all this other stuff because if you only do the Damianis pick and roll all season – and that's 80% of your offense, and you get to a point maybe later down the road in the playoffs where that's not working all of a sudden and someone does have an answer for it, you might not really know how to adjust. You might not have stuff in your back pocket that you can go to. Maybe this, and this is just maybe a positive way of thinking about it. I don't know that this is what they're doing, but this could be them saying, let's let's get all, like, let's do all the other stuff first and really get that nailed down and get uh, get comfortable doing stuff that's not the Damianis pick and roll because we know later on the road, we can always go to that whenever we need it. And when it matters, we will. But let's be comfortable doing other stuff as well. Maybe that's what they're doing. And so we'll see. And again, maybe it could just be them getting more acclimated with each other. It could be um, Dame wanting, you know, waiting to get his legs completely back. Like, it, it could be many things. I'm not going to freak out because it hasn't been a ton of Dame Giannis pick and roll for three games. Um, I think hopefully by, you know, within the coming months, it'll really start to, to gradually kind of become more and more of their offense. How about your guy, Bobby freaking Portis? How about Bobby? Man had a block damn shot in this game, showing you that he is a defensive player of the year candidate, Marzian, <laughs> after tonight. I'm joking. I'm joking. I will sure say. Tweeting at me. I'm joking. But Marzian is Mr. Anti-Portis in the playoffs. But this is the regular season, and Bobby Portis was a beast tonight. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I said I love, you know, I like regular season Bobby. I have no, because in the regular season, the defensive stuff doesn't matter quite as much. It's nice having him as a bench scorer, give you some energy, give you some buckets um, off the bench. Like that is definitely something I, I like to have in the regular season. And even um, opening night against the Sixers, it was something that he brought and kind of helped us, you know, keep a lead in that game, even when Giannis and Dame were on the bench. And um, so, yeah, absolutely. And even I will say, his defense has not been as bad this season. I'm not saying it's been good or anything, but if he can be not terrible on that end and be good on offense, I will I will not be so vocal about we need to trade him, we need to trade him. I still will probably prefer they trade him, but I won't be like, this has to happen. I really, really, really want this to happen, as I have been. But I just want to say, yeah, I have not hated his defense quite as much. I feel like he's giving a little bit more effort on that end. Um you know, he's not just letting guys come into the paint and just shoot and not even attempting to really block shots and anything. He's he's giving effort. He's at least staying in front of guys a tiny bit. Um, and yeah, so so I'm pleased with him. How about Chris Middleton? I got into it with people uh, on Twitter on Saturday night about uh, Middleton when they announced that Middleton wasn't playing on Sunday night and coming back on Monday. Uh, and we went back and forth with a bunch of different people. Uh, I went back and forth with a bunch of different people about this Middleton thing. Because first of all, you played on Thursday, which means you had Friday and Saturday off. Uh, now you come back Sunday. 
and they decided they weren't going to play him that game because they wanted to play him against the Heat. And his minutes did not really increase from game one where he had 16. Tonight he had 17. So technically it's a minute. whoop dee doo da. Uh, you got uh, an extra minute out of Middleton tonight. And you and I both talked about this, and I mentioned it on the last broadcast, and people were asking why the hell Middleton only played 16 minutes. I said, as Nathan pointed out, this doesn't really matter as long as he's healthy for the playoffs. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. I, I want to see how long we're going to go on with this 16, 17 minutes before we see an increase. I want to see how long we're going to go on with he's not going to play you know, consecutive games. I, I want to see how long this th- this goes for because – there was a brief mention by uh, who was it by Marcus Johnson? Was it? I think it might have been Marcus. I could have. I, I'm not quite sure, but it was either radio or TV because I was in the car for a little bit of the first half. But one of them uh, made a mention of they wanted to get Middleton going early because they didn't want him to sit for a long stretch and then have to bring him back necessarily. Um, and that was all kind of part of the plan of getting him a, a longer sustained run there in the first half, uh, which is fine, I guess, if that's what the deal is here. I, I just, I'm sorry, I, I'm questioning what what exactly is going on here uh, with Mr. Middleton and how long this is going to last. Hopefully it's fine. Hopefully this, this plan that they have laid out for the first month or two months of the season of what days he's going to have off automatically and regardless of how he feels and all that uh, doesn't matter. But I am very skeptical uh, right now of this whole thing, Mr. Marzian. Yeah, and I, with this, I feel kind of the same way as I feel with most of what I'm just most of the team where I'm saying I'm going to, you know, I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to, I'm going to notice it. I'm going to look at stuff and, and have opinions. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not super worried about Chris, but as with everything else with this team right now, I'm not going to start seriously, seriously analyzing it and taking it as like, this is how things are going to be until maybe January, February. You know, I, I, I'm giving it a couple months. I'm giving the offense a couple months, the defense a couple months. I'm giving the Dame Giannis thing a couple months, the Chris thing a couple months, all of Adrian Griffin stuff a couple months. Like I, I'm not going to sit there and, and right away be like, oh, well, he's got to not be healthy. Like the, this has to be, this is going to go on all season. And this is like, if it, if it's still going on in January, late January, February, then I'll say, okay, like this, this might just be how it's going to be. And that sucks. But I have, I believe that this is just a very early season thing where they're like, we're just going to ramp you up slower than, than usual because you are coming off surgery because all of this stuff. So that's what I believe. I believe they're just playing the long game and it will eventually get ramped back up and by, cause they, I mean, they did, and, and it's a different coaching staff, but Chris did a similar thing last season where he came back, was not playing a ton was, was, you know, he looked bad. Then he got hurt again was back out, Correct. came back, came back, was only playing. I think he was on a 15 minute restriction for like a month and people thought that was going to go on all season. And then sure enough, the last month of the season. Now, unfortunately he came back so late that by the time he actually was getting ramped up, it was already March, but, and so hopefully now that's happening in, you know, December, January. Yeah, where but he's getting Nathan, ramped up. Tell the rest of the story. Then he had another procedure once the season ended. So it still wasn't right. Even when he was playing all those minutes, he still wasn't right at that point. And had to have another procedure. And see, to me, that is why I say 
I bring up the Bakhtiari name and people are like, oh, this is not Bakhtiari. No, it's not. I'm not saying he's got his knee ballooned up with liquid and has all the Bakhtiari issues. All I'm saying is it feels like something that is going to be a lingering thing where we're just never, ever going to see him back where he's supposed to be without having some type of knee discomfort or some type of knee issue to where you're having to monitor him constantly. That's my concern. And we did this um, on a couple podcasts ago. I don't know, a few podcasts ago. You said, you know, how much of his prime is he going to be um, this year of, of, of Middleton? And I said, well, it depends how many minutes he plays. And then I think you said, okay, regardless of how many minutes he plays, but when he's out there in those minutes, you know, how good he's, is he going to be? If he's playing 20 minutes a night and that's all they get out of him, A, I don't want him in the starting lineup. I want him on the bench. Um, and B, uh, that changes the whole vibe of what this team actually can be at the end of the season if they can't get him back to playing you know, 30, 32 minutes a night on a consistent basis. If you look at next week or this week, at Wednesday at Toronto, Friday uh, I lost you for a sec there. What was the last part? You said Wednesday, Toronto, Friday, Knicks. Right. Do you think he plays both games? Yes. I see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You but... said yes, trying to be positive. <laughs> That's all the reason you said yes. <laughs> but I mean, I do think when there, it's not a back-to-back, I do think he'll play. I think they they want to play him on back-to-backs or on on non-back-to-backs, and then for the back-to-backs, they're just saying, no, we'll, we'll rest you. And I, I, I don't expect him to play more than 20 minutes in either game, but I think he'll play. And, you know, I don't know. I just think with how confident – they've sound sounded in and, and it, you know it could all be lies i'm just not gonna believe that it's all lies yeah we don't know it's right. they've sounded very confident that he's completely fine he's as good as he's felt in a long time chris seems very much like you just seemed very confident i didn't last year they were kind of secretive about, and again different coaching staff all that but they were kind of more secretive about it last season like all of a sudden i remember with like i, I don't know if it was with a couple weeks before the season or a month before the season they were like by the way, Chris is hurt, and this is kind of like he's question. We're not sure if he's going to be ready for the season opener, and then the next thing you know, it's you know like December or something, and he still hasn't played. And it was just kind of like, where is Chris? Like they haven't said anything about it. Chris wasn't sitting there saying, "I'm I feel great." Like now, right. I just feel like when he came out and said that multiple times, like I feel great, we're up right on track with where we're supposed to be. Everything's fine. I'm going to believe that until I really see otherwise in the long like again if, if it gets to january and we're still like you're playing 15 minutes a game okay then i'm just gonna say that's probably how it's gonna be the rest of the season but i don't think that'll be the case i think it's just an early season thing i i want to say he, when he's been out there the scoring hasn't been much but he hasn't also shot that much but i think i think he's looked pretty good i've liked that i you know he's he's been good at, um moving the ball and yes being being more of a connector and making some nice reads, some nice yep. passes. Defensively hasn't been great, but like I again, I think that hopefully that comes as he as he gets more playing time and as he gets back into things. I I hope that that comes along a little bit. But I, I've got a complete. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish. I was just gonna say I've been I've been pleased in the the little bit we've seen of him. Just just not trying to do too much and you know still making an impact even when his shot hasn't been there. His scoring hasn't been there. He only scored six points in game one and five tonight. But like, I still feel like when he was out there, like, no, he was good. 
I got a comment here on YouTube asking where Marjan Bochamp was uh, tonight. He was out sick, had an illness, but that allowed us to see a little A.J. Green. Marzian, thoughts on Mr. A.J. Green? Didn't really get it going from outside uh, like you expect him to be, because let's face facts, when A.J. Green's in the game, you're expecting every three to go in. Like, you could feel the crowd. Every time he shot the ball, everybody's like, here we go, and it didn't go in. Here we go, and it didn't go in. That's kind of what the whole thing is with A.J. Green. Uh, thoughts on what you saw? Yeah, I mean, he was okay. Uh, I He didn't seem to, like, really kill them at any point. He didn't seem super uncomfortable. But, yeah, the shot just wasn't going in. He didn't end up really contributing much. But, yeah, it, it wasn't like he didn't go out there and you were like, okay, this guy clearly does not belong out there on the court, um, which is a good sign. You know, the fact that he didn't have to make any threes or make any shots and you still were not, like, noticing him out there, noticing that, like, okay, he's really killing them. That's a good sign because there's there's players in the past and and just guys that you're like when they're not on you know I kind of think of like Kyle Korver type of players where it was like if if he's missing his shots like he's just killing you out there um, and so yeah I, I'm I'm okay with that I'm okay with the minutes in uh, in Marjan's absence I'm surprised that Andre Jackson didn't play at all with uh, Marjan being out but. He's got G League written all over him. That's where he belongs. And yeah. uh, and Livingston, both of them. They both belong in the G League, getting consistent run, consistent playing time versus sitting on the bench. Now, everybody can have their arguments here, right? There are some people that believe an NBA team practice uh, is more beneficial than a G League game. I'm not one of them. I believe to get actual playing time is much more beneficial, even if it's at the G League, than just running around in practice and sitting on a bench watching your team play. That's my thoughts. I don't know what yours are. Um, I would say the G League minutes. I would say I would say just yeah, getting getting more run at, at game speed and in an actual game is is probably more valuable, even if it's against you know obviously worse competition. Um, I just think getting used to playing at that speed is 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 valuable. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you on that. All right, let's uh, move on here as the Bucks get the win, 122-114. Don't forget, subscribe, follow, like, all that fun stuff they tell you to do. Uh, you can do for the Green and Growing Podcast as well. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Not enough people know about us yet. We've doubled our, our listenership since last year, which is good. We want to try and see if we can get triple it uh, before uh, it's all said and done. Also, don't forget uh, the toy drive for 1250 AM. The fam back at it again this year. Uh, Kiss FM, 1037 Kiss FM is going to be co-branding with us this year. But we're out there again. I'll be out there each day, 8 AM to 6 PM from November 27th through December 1st, collecting toys for Children's Wisconsin and Robin's Nest, Plains Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek. Plus, there'll be an online uh, function as well at 1250 AM, the fan that you can click on uh, or at uh, Kiss FM's uh, website as well during that week where you can make online donations. You can make it down to to donate a toy. And I'm hoping to have some guests where we can uh, do some live streaming interviews and stuff if I can get some people down there, some celebrities down there to do some interviews with me. So stay tuned for that. Again, November 27th through December 1st for the toy drive. I want to touch on the in-season tournament courts uh, that the uh, NBA uh, put out today. And I was trying my best to try and figure out how we use this uh, thing called StreamYard. I was trying to figure out how I could put the actual picture up in the video in order for Nathan and I to talk about it and describe it. And I struggled mightily for a half hour trying to figure this out, so I gave up. But having said all of that, Nathan Marzian, uh, this here is an interesting uh, type of picture uh, that we're going to see because it's a beige cord essentially uh, with a big green stripe going down the middle that's as wide as the free throw line and it goes from one 
baseline to the other baseline, like a laser down the middle of the court. And then it's got a big gold cup, whatever they're going to give to the in-season tournament winner. I'm assuming that's what it is. With a blue Wisconsin Bucks logo uh, in the middle. Uh, and the rest of the court is like a light beige. Your thoughts, Nathan Marzian? I'm not a big fan of it. I just, I don't know. I don't like the color of it. I don't like the blue logo in the middle. Um, I'm also colorblind, so my opinion is not the best on these things. But I don't know. I just, it doesn't look that great to me. I I think that I would have rather had something green or something like just that was not that beige color. But it's not even, it's, but it's not even Bucks green. It's like a light, uh, I don't know, mint green. It's like a mint green. It's not even the Bucks green. Like it would be one thing if it was the Bucks colors, but it's not even the Bucks colors. It's a mint green that goes down the middle. Next, uh, my next point in all this, every one of these courts, if you look up online, if you go to the NBA uh, Twitter account, they have, if you're going to have to scroll down because they put all the highlights up from every game every night. But when you listen to this, go to the NBA Twitter account, scroll down and you'll see every single Twitter uh, uh, account you know, mentioned by the NBA at some point with what their their court's going to look like. They all have this dumb thing down the middle of the court. That, again, that's as wide as, say, the free throw line from one end baseline to the other. Now, if this was a thing where, okay, if you score in within this colored area, you get double the points, right? We're going to change the rules for the in-season tournament. So if you score in the free throw lane, it's two points. If you hit a three only in that green area, right? So in the top, then it's worth six points or something like that. If you're going to do that, then it helps me understand why the hell I have a green or any type of color laser going down up and down the middle of my court. Because me personally, from me looking at it, it looks dumb as hell. Every one of them look dumb as hell with this big stripe going down the middle of it. And I'm sure there's a good reason for it. But if it doesn't have to do with the game and changing the rules and making it something different, then to me, I think it's absolutely pointless. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't I don't love all the colors. I don't love all the and I get why they do it. I get that they're like same with the jerseys that they come out with every year. I don't love that they just come out with these new designs all the time and it's just like a new jersey every single year and it seems like teams just run out of ideas and have to come up with something that's not that good, but they're just like it's new, so you know, buy it. But I I'm more of like I want them to just kind of stick to the same three jerseys, maybe have a throwback and that's it. Um, you know, a home jersey and away jersey, uh, uh, alternate jersey, and then a, a throwback maybe. And I don't know. So I, I'm same with these courts. Where like I don't love. I know why they do it. They want to, um, you know, get people more hyped for for the in season tournament. They want to just generate interest and all that. But for me, I'm just like, I it just seems unnecessary to me. It just seems like let's just like let's just leave things. That they're fine. It, we don't need a new court. We don't need to come up with these new designs. Um, like maybe you could do something like this for if it goes to Vegas and you and you're in those final games, you get this court. But like, I don't know. I, again, I'm not. I'm not totally against it. I'm not. I'm not like I don't hate it because I get what they're doing and I it can't really hurt anything. Other than it just is kind of like annoying that there's all these different courts, all these different color combinations for each team. It feels like the feels like team identity doesn't isn't as strong anymore because teams have so many colors and jerseys and all that well they've got the new city jersey that was apparently leaked that looked like grease jerseys essentially blue with the white stripe across the middle have they announced 
special in-season tournament jerseys? Because if you have a special in-season tournament court, I would have to imagine that all these teams are going to wear jerseys that match up with what their courts look like. That would be my guess. And there'll be another marketing way for people for these NBA teams to make money. I'm assuming they're all going to get special jerseys to wear home and away uh, for this in-season tournament. I don't, I haven't heard that. And honestly, I mean, I'm surprised too that they haven't done that, but I don't know if they, I don't know if they have enough time now. I mean, it starts like this week. Did you know the court was coming? I didn't know the court was coming. Well, they had done like hype videos for that and stuff. And like for like a week, I remember they had been hyped. Like nobody knew what it was going to be, but they were hyping something up. And then they came out with this. So I think this is just kind of what they're, what they're coming out with. I think they're just going to do the city jerseys for the, for the each team's new Jersey this season. Um, but yeah. In season tournament jerseys are coming. If they don't come this year, they're going to come eventually and it'll match up with whatever the court looks like. Uh, I saw the Suns one. The Suns court is purple, um, which is interesting, I guess. Again, all these courts are going to look all weird and so forth. So, and I know this, this wasn't the league's fault necessarily, but last year, the freaking Bucks court was like, so was damaged or something. So for half the season, they're playing on the blue court in their purple jerseys. Now, again, I'm colorblind. I'm colorblind. So I don't see colors perfectly or anything, but even I could kind of just see like, this looks dumb. Like this does not match up. Like why, you know, and again, that wasn't the league's fault or anything, but it just, I don't know that, that kind of stuff just makes me go, why can't we just all have one court and one and, and a couple jerseys and everyone's happy and there's nothing to, you don't need to fix everything and and make, make everything have all these different options. Like I liked tuning into a game and you can just immediately within three seconds, you know who's playing. There's no question. Of, and it's like yep. now there's so many jerseys. And again, teams that are, you know, the Bucks would have blue jerseys and the Bucks would have these, you know, they, they had the yellow jerseys a couple years ago. They have like it, they have, there's rumors about they might have a red jersey coming out. It's like you're going to, you don't even know which teams you're watching when you first turn on a game because it's like they, any team could be any color and any, it's, I just get sick of it. I'm like, I get again. Why so we're going to go. I didn't hear about the red Jersey. So they're going back to the, the, the Christmas color jerseys. As well, no, I just, that's coming next. I've seen like ideas for red jerseys and I've seen them like, like people have, I think ESPN posted like, Oh, what would you think of these jerseys and stuff? And I'm like, if the Bucks are going to red jerseys, like again, that's like, like when you go to, when you start going to colors that are just not at all, your, your color scheme is when I'm like, all right. Unless it's a throwback. Like again, if you're if it's a throwback jersey that people are familiar with from from the past, that's different. Like the Bucks wearing purple. I know they don't have purple now, but I don't want I'm not gonna get mad at them for having purple jerseys, the the same ones they used to have, because at least that's like still Bucks identifiable as the Bucks because that's what they used to be. But coming out with these new random color schemes and random logos and random all this stuff is just like how am I supposed to identify teams with their jerseys anymore? Because they are wearing different ones every single night. I drove me nuts when the Bucks were where where would wear their red jerseys against the Bulls. And then you'd have red in the stands, and you're like, okay, so who are these all Bulls fans from Chicago at this game? Or are any of these Bucks fans wearing red? Like I would get so mad. Like, I don't care when you wear red, just don't wear red against the damn Bulls. Like, wear red any other time you want. I love the green and red jerseys myself. Not the red ones, just the green and red ones, the old the old school ones that they had. Everybody else didn't like them because they were Christmas colors, but 
I'm a huge Christmas guy, so I loved them because they were Christmas colors. All right, Halloween coming up tomorrow night real quick. Favorite candy, Nathan Marzian. Favorite candy uh, for you, Nathan. Skittles. Ooh, regular Skittles? Uh, the, I the love best... the, the Go ahead. I love the sour Skittles. Those are my favorite uh, of Skittles, of all of them. Mine is, uh, my favorite is the the purple ones. Maybe blue, but the purple bag that has like berry. It's like yep. wild berry. That's my favorite, but I love regular as well. Yeah, no doubt. I am a huge um, couple of different ones. I love Reese's anything, peanut butter and chocolate, anything. Reese's pieces, Reese's peanut butter cups, uh, all of that. Uh, th- those are my favorites. Kit Kats, big Kit Kats guy uh, as well. Uh, so, yeah, any of that stuff uh, is, is good to me. Nathan Marzi, I will do this again uh, later in the week. I'm not sure if we'll do a post-game podcast. We'll do a regular podcast on Thursday. Nathan and I can talk and figure that all out. Thanks so much for tuning in to another post-game podcast. Bucks get the win over the Heat. Revenge? Nah, I don't know if it's revenge. I don't know if you get revenge in a regular season game. Revenge would be knocking the Heat out uh, in the playoffs. That would be revenge if they're able to do that. I'm not quite sure. Getting in a regular season game is revenge. Bucks get the win. Again, don't forget Odyssey app, every download your favorite podcast app. That's where we are at. And we pretty much live stream all of these on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Tell your friends, tell your family, follow, like, subscribe, whatever they tell you to do on all these other podcasts. Do it on ours too. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles.